I love your all's new platform. <laughs> I think Pastor Mark did this on purpose just so that he's uh, I just need to get you on your knees. Ah, praise the Lord. I declare and decree over each one of you students, whether I got to you and laid hands on you or not, I'll get to you sometime, especially tomorrow night. Ooh, you're welcome again. But I talk to students that are training up in the Word and for ministry different than I talk to regular members. Of course, I had the opportunity for several years to teach at one of the world's greatest Bible schools, at Rama Bible College there in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma with the Hagans. She traveled with Dad Hagan, Papa Hagan, sang on his team. Don't you think she had the right to sing on his team? Praise the Lord. Woo! That was awesome. Dad Hagen used to say all the time, he's like, there was this one guy he knew that uh, the, the two couple, the couple was getting married and he was concerned because, you know, when she took her makeup off, that although she was a real good worship leader and a great singer, when she took her makeup off, though, that was very frightening in the morning. <laughs> so Brother Hagen gave him the advice and said, well, um, you love her. Oh, yeah, I love her. Well, you know, she's a good singer. Oh, yeah. But you're troubled with how she looks like in the morning. He goes, yes, very much so. He said, just shut your eyes and tell her to sing. Praise the Lord. Praise God. This is like a sight and sound theater. I love it. This is great. Well, if you want to, you can stay up here in the front. It's not going to bother me. I do get to spitting sometimes and uh, not necessarily wanting that to burn your flesh if you got a devil. So anyway. But Bible school students, I want you to hear me just real quickly and I'll share more with you tomorrow. Don't think anything that you're to operate in is just going to be handed to you. Yes, you're gifted. Yes, you're called of God. But you have to do your part. We live in a culture today where everybody seems to be so entitled. Bless their heart. I'm like, when does it stop? Parting the Red Sea in Life Church. I'll know when it's time to stop. It'll start moving again, right? It'll be going back. Okay. Matthew chapter 5. Glory to God. Say, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Boy, I am too. You know, when I go to our meetings, and I go to almost every one of them, uh, we're always, always expecting. I always tell our church at home, you know, always come expecting. Always come expecting. And they do. They're on fire. They're probably watching tonight because we're having tornadoes again in Tulsa. And uh, basically, we were having midweek prayer. And so they had to cancel that, um, you know, because everybody comes from different corners of Oklahoma, actually. So we got people coming from Oklahoma City. We have people that come from Joplin, Missouri, that come to the church every single service faithfully. So, you know, that's awesome. So with all the tornadoes and everything that they were saying, we just said, hey, you know what, stay home and pray and whatever. And so I think they just wanted to stay home and watch. I can't see. Are they waving back? 
Praise the Lord. All right, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. I promise I won't keep you here all night if you promise you'll listen quick. <laughs> this has been stirring back up in me again, and actually I believe I got this revelation here, but we're going to go in a little bit different direction tonight. Uh, but we're going to launch off from the revelation I believe I received right here in this church, this great church. And again, thank you, Pastor Mark, and uh, please... Let Sister Amy know that we are so sorry that she didn't get to sing her special tonight. It, I just felt like it was more appropriate. My wife didn't. Um, somebody text her and tell her not to be angry. We love her and things will be okay. All right, I'm just kidding. She went to go see uh, Wendy. Wendy's got a championship game and we just believe she's going to win that because there's a lot of money involved. And she's a tither. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they might be filled. No, it says, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, James also says that we're to be doers of the word, not what? Hearers only. But the problem is, is a lot of times we think that just because we heard it, we got it. The truth of the matter is, you know you've got the word when you've heard it and you're doing it. But a lot of times what we end up having is we hear it, we get excited, we get inspired, we fill our notebook, but we don't really let it fill our heart. But to be a doer of the word means that I'm hearing it and then acting on it as well. So how many doers do we have in the house? I said doers, not owls. Anyway, <laughs> how many doers we have in here? Amen. Well, look at what you should also be doing. Blessed are they which do, say I'm a doer, do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Now, amazingly enough, a lot of times when we hear this, we just kind of read right over it. And then the next thing you know is it's like, well, that's the Beatitudes, that's the Lord. And we just keep going on and on. But there's a lot of meat in that one verse. Blessed, empowered to prosper are those that what? Hunger and thirst after righteousness. I would beg to differ with anybody in here that has an opposing view of this. But I want to tell you, listen to my heart. Your prosperity might also be hinged not on whether or not God wants you prosperous. Because he does. And I mean in your total life, not just your finances. But he wants to prosper you and has prospered you. Blessed means already. Past tense. You're already blessed. Say, I'm already blessed. blessed. Not trying to get blessed. But maybe your prosperity is tied in to the doing part of how much you're hungering and thirsting after the things of God. See, here's the thing. Once you get saved, we all say, well, you know, I got saved and everything just blew up. Uh, you know, hell started manifesting. Of course it did because it's leaving your life. It was camping out there and it loved being there. It loved having you on that highway to hell on cruise control. Da 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 Come on, help me. Don, no, because then I'll know who's worldly in here. And I don't want to preach in knowing how <laughs> And so what God was showing me about this is, if I will hunger and thirst after righteousness, it's tied to my prosperity. 
But there's something else that it's tied to as well. I am in charge of how much I get filled. You and I are in charge of our own infillings. No, no, it's God, brother. It's all God. That's not true because He wants to fill you up to overflowing. If it were all God and had nothing to do with you, then you wouldn't need a will. You wouldn't have a will. You would just be a robot that He just keeps filling and filling. You go to pay for your meal at the restaurant. He's like, watch this. Ha, he doesn't have a will. He's drunk in the spirit under the table. Ha, ha. I have filled him to overflowing because he has no will. I just did it on my own because I want him blessed. He wants us blessed. He wants us filled to overflowing. But he's looking for us to make that choice, to yield to him and take our will and say, Lord, I'm going to hunger and thirst after you. That means if nobody's getting anything tonight, I am getting everything. If they don't want it, God, give me their stuff. And that changed my life. I started going to meetings, Pastor Mark. And when I'd sit, sit in the meetings, I'd see other people there getting blessed. And nobody was wanting anything. They're just sitting there kind of checking it out. You know, you can point at whoever you think that is in here tonight. And, you know, just looking around and just kind of like, what's getting ready to happen? Listen, word of knowledge is stronger in the back row than it is on the front row. That's how come these people are on the front row. They have so much to hide, but they know I don't get much on the front row. <laughs> Where, where people get it is on the back row. See, they're all leaving now. I, see, I, I've been known to chase somebody into the toilet before. Hallelujah. I did. I remember there was a guy trying to get away, and I ran in there after him. And I said, what are you running away for? He goes, you can't be in here. I said, why can't I? He goes, you're supposed to be doing a meeting. So anyway, he got saved. Hallelujah. We both came out a little flush, but it was... But the Amplified is real powerful in this. Look at this. Blessed, fortunate, happy, spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. How many of y'all would like to do that? How many of y'all are ready to get completely satisfied? What about the smoking section? Are you wanting to get completely satisfied or not? I see you over there vaping and praying in tongues. Hello, come on now. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 4. And I'm going to look at just a couple of stories here. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you about some personal stuff that uh, I've been going through. Y'all have a minute? Good, here it goes. Their testimonies. Our church, our ministry has been built on, of course, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But testimonies are such a vital part of what we do. Revelation talks about we overcome by and the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I don't have to do the blood of the Lamb part. That's the hard part and He did it. But I get to do the word of my testimony. And this may not sit with you just yet because I don't want to teach this direction, but I'm going to put it in your spirit anyway. Whatever you begin to testify about, it doesn't even have to be stuff that's already happened in your life. Come on, somebody. 
I'm believing God for these things. I'm believing God for big things. I'm believing for this and that and the other. That's fine. Begin to testify about that you already have it according to the Word of God. And watch it begin to manifest. We think a testimony is just simply what you got saved out of. It's not just what you got saved out of. It's what you got saved into. And there are things right now that we are blessed and prosperous to have. But honestly, if we'll be honest with ourselves, we are not completely satisfied because we have not begun to see the full manifestation of certain things that He has promised in His Word. Now, I'm here to help you tonight with something. What if you started to rejoice like you already had it? What if you started to give Him praise and thanks as if you've already got it? It. We do that with healing before we ever see the pain go. We thank Him and say, Lord, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ, by the blood, by the thorns, by the things that you took on the cross upon yourself, the stripes on your back. I am healed now in the precious name of Jesus. And you're sitting there gimping along and they're looking at you going, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I'm healed. There's nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you? People will think, well, I'm not going to fake it till I make You're not faking it. You're testifying about the truth. Your body's lying. Stop giving that thing glory. Listen, how many of you know you are a spirit? You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, but you live in a body. Stop letting something you have tell you who you are. Hmm, trying to help you now. My mother tells me this story, uh, well, she doesn't anymore because she went to be with the Lord two years ago, praise the Lord, right when we were starting the church. Hey, why not? That was a tough time. That was weird. She, she fell ill in January and then went on to be with the Lord in May, and we started uh, a month after. Her daddy passed in October, and we, I mean, at one point, we just started thinking, man, should we change the name of our, our church to just revolution church and not life revolution church because it seems like everybody was kind of passing away so hey come and join our church membership is you get to go to heaven anyway uh we have a wonderful parting gift for you it's the lord man that water looks really good you're going to drink all of my water oh thank you thank you for giving me the one you weren't drinking out of hmm but I, uh, we were, uh, she told this story to me, and it blessed me. said there was this old lady in our church. Uh, it was a smaller church, but she was the sweetest old lady. Probably was there the, the day they started the church, but very elderly lady. And uh, she loved God. She hungered after the things of God. But talking about testimony, listen to this. She said, can I get up, Pastor? Can I share my testimony? Sure. We'll just say, Mrs. Johnson, for the, the sake of... Uh, not knowing what the name was of the lady. So anyway, Mrs. Johnson, not protecting anybody's innocence. I don't remember her name. It was probably Gertrude or something. Anyway, Mrs. Johnson, come on up and give your testimony. The, the ushers would help her, you know, because she could hardly walk. And she'd get up here and she'd hold on to this and she'd go, I'd like to thank the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for healing my body 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed now. Everybody's like, all right. They just look at her. And then they'd help her back off the stage. Every Sunday. But because the pastor loved this lady and she was just like a fixture, they, they just were like, oh, you know, we want to honor her and let her do whatever she wants. And she's not going to be here much longer. So let's just let her. Uh, that, that's what the, my mom said. And I was like, you're pretty. That's cold. But anyway, she's. <laughs> 
She would get up every Sunday. And then this went on for like three months. And on the third month, <laughs> the ushers went to help her up. She smacked her hands. I can do this on my own. Y'all haven't been helping me anyhow. She grabs the pulpit and says, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for healing my body 2,000 years ago. The ushers didn't know what to do. They just tried to keep her from going off the, you know, the, the platform. And they went to help her down. She smacked their hands again and said, I can do it on my own. Don't you see I'm healed? You know, how many of you precious, mature saints in the, the Lord? You just get to a certain place where you ain't playing around with nobody anymore. You know what I mean? It's it's not that you're being rude. It's just that they're 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 being rude, right? So anyway, she gets down, sits down, and the place is erupting. Whoa! Glory to God, Mrs. Gertrude Johnson has been healed. Not sure that's her name, but I think it was. Oh, glory to God! And the pastor gets up and he's weeping, you know, and he gets that voice. I don't know why people put on that weird voice in the pulpit. Thank God Pastor Mark doesn't. His voice is that way all the time. (laughs) But it's not weird. We weren't at lunch today and he's like, Go ahead and order anything you want off the menu, brother. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Mark. What are you going to have? The Lord has instructed me to get two meats. Yes, they, I say two meats. One brisket, two burnt ends. Bless His holy name forevermore. Aren't you glad people don't... Because I wonder, why do you put on that voice when you, you know, it's not a performance? Anyway. So the pastor, which my mom said, got up in that weird voice and goes... Let's all just give glory and honor and praise to Jesus for healing Gertrude's body right now. And they started to shout and she ran up there and grabbed the mic and said, Listen here, stop praising like that. You all are praising and shouting like I just got healed. I've been trying to tell you he healed me 2,000 years ago on the cross. You're just now getting the very revelation I got three months ago. He's already healed my body. He's already healed your body. Stop praising until you get it. Praise it until you get it. Glory to God. Did you find John chapter 4? In Oklahoma, sometimes we have to do it. John chapter 4. Juan chapter 4. This is the story of the woman at the well. <laughs> Some precious Hispanics in here going, finally, something I understand. Yeah, comprende nao. John 4 and verse 6, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, or noon. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. 
Because the disciples had gone away into the city to buy some meat and get some meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, are asking drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Let me just give you a little culture uh, real quick with this. This is really amazing because Jesus is going over the line First of all, with him being a man, now talking to a woman in broad daylight, the culture was really different then. And also with him being a Jew, talking to a Gentile, he's just messing up everything. And all he did was go and sit on a well. But what happened was, is he went to the place he knew the people he needed to reach were going to be at. Mm-hmm. Stop saying you want God to use you and to, to cause the, the harvest to be reaped through you, but we can't get you off your Xbox. We can't get you off of your, uh, you know, your, your, your old sweating to the oldies records. You know, you've you got to come out of the closet. Everybody else is. We need Christians to come out of their closet. See, here's something, and I love what Pastor said. He said, we'll say and then we'll pray. That is such a powerful revelation. The reason why Jesus had so much power in the things that he would say is because he knew when to set himself apart and go and pray. The problem is, is a lot of times is we're praying and we're, we almost have an emergency come up. Hurry, pray. Hurry, pray. Glory to God. Thank God I've got Facebook. Let's do a chain. Everybody pray. Everybody pray. I've got five thousand friends that's all they'll allow you to have on facebook and they say you know do i want all of these people that potentially may not have faith praying over my situation hey i know where you went to school i know where you went to church but i don't know what's going on in your closet come on now sometimes all you need is one or two crazy friends that know what they're doing and you can split all of this open right up here and i'm telling you maybe i'm not going to get any amens tonight that's all right but listen now the thing here, let's get back to the John chapter 4. Jesus is talking to this woman, number one, he being a man, she being a woman, her being a, 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 a Samaritan, him being a Jew. So we've got racial issues. Come on, be honest. We got gender issues, and here we're getting ready to see we got spiritual and religious issues coming up here. Now watch this. He said, Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Isn't that true? Your pastor says, Come here, I want to pray for you. No, I'm good. Or you're out on the street, you go to pray for somebody. They're like, No, I'm fine. Do you know everybody needs prayer? Everybody needs prayer. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Maybe just pray over them for a blessing. But if somebody, like we see a lot of, our team now is just absolutely getting on fire. <laughs> We've been pouring into them for two years. They're about, just about getting so much on fire. They're about to put us in the dirt. They keep calling me and texting me and emailing me every day. I just led this one to the Lord. I just prayed for this one. Come on, are you kidding me? In Tulsa, Oklahoma, the new Jerusalem. It's the place where people think everybody is 
saved and it's absolutely not true. What it is is we have a lot of mega churches and that's good and that's wonderful, but there's been a lot of inreach but no outreach. And I'm telling you that's getting ready to change all over the country. I'm not being I'm not bashing anybody. I'm just observing some things. I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see the power of God in operation. Maybe I'm the I don't want to just come and be entertained. I don't want to just come and see the only light in my life is what's on the stage. I don't want to come and see the only smoke and glory in my life is what's going on in the ice machine or the smoke machine backstage. Are you hearing me? I don't want to come and as a baby Christian dictate to the pastor what songs I'll listen to, what songs I'll sing, what messages I can stomach. And if you don't, I'm taking my check and I'm going to another church. Are you kidding me? Adios amigos. There you go. Another one. There's something that's absolutely changing, and you may think this is being harsh, but I know that the church culture is changing, and they're forcing good leaders that know the Spirit of God to dumb down what they're called to do, and they're losing their hunger, they're losing their thirst, because they're trading it out for a mafioso thing, where it's putting the Holy Ghost in a back room. We went to a church in Tulsa, it will remain nameless, and they got up and said, after the service, if you would like further... uh, uh, to go on your journey with the Lord in a further manner, we have somebody in the back that will meet with you and talk to you about the things of God. So we decided we wanted to go further with God. We'd only been in ministry 20 years, so we wanted to go a little further. And so we went to the back room. Listen to me. Say, I'm listening. We went to the back room, and we thought this was the wrong room because nobody was back there. Maybe I was being ornery, and I was just going to go in there and find out what they really believed or whatever, but I wanted to know. We went back there and waited for 20 minutes. Nobody was there. The coffee was good, but nobody else was there to talk to us. We even were asking people, isn't this where we're supposed to learn about the Holy Ghost? Is there somebody that can help us? Oh yeah, we'll get you somebody. Never came around. And we were the only ones in there. Do you know when everything got jacked up? When Adam and Eve sinned, it split up the Trinity in their life. That's why God the Father sent His only begotten Son back to the earth who took on the Holy Spirit, who when He died, took on and connected back with God the Father so that we could come together and receive the Trinity back into us and have that unity according to 1 John. Are you understanding me? You and I have got to get this settled right now. You can't pick and choose which part of the Trinity you want in your life and be hungry and be thirsty. You can't pick which part of the Trinity you want to operate in throughout the week and then decide, I don't want any Holy Ghost. I'll take some Father. I'll take some Jesus. Jesus, listen, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how important this is, but you and I are the ones that are responsible for our own infilling. If I learn to hunger and thirst after righteousness every single day and go and seek Him every single day and pray every single day and worship Him, waiting for the Sunday service to be your worship time is the absolute last place you should be having it. You should be worshiping on Monday. You should be worshiping on Tuesday. You should be worshiping on Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and by the time Sunday comes, the worship team's exploding because we got people in here that are not being dragged up to worship. They're dragging the team back up to a higher level of worship.
The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Verse 11. And the well is deep. From whence then have you this living water? This is where it gets nasty. The woman said to him, who was really caught up on how much he had been talking to her. All of a sudden now she's engaged. Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Hmm. See how much you read over that? This is crazy. You, you've got living water. You don't even have a well. And now here you are telling me you're greater than the one that gave us this well. Jacob drank from this. His kids drank from this. And his cow Bessie drank from this. This is a Wednesday night service, so I don't believe anybody in here will be offended. The less you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the easier it is to drink the bull you've been drinking. It's still going. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing that he deals with her on is worship. The first thing that Jesus deals with the woman at the well with is worship. He went through everything he was talking to her about. He went through the gender issues. He went through the, uh, the racial issues with him being a Jew and her being a Samaritan. He went through all of that. But then it's all baiting her so that she'll begin to hunger and thirst after the things that really matter. He said to her, what? Give me to drink. Do you know why it was so tough for her to do that? Because the Lord did not hunger and thirst after anything she could provide. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Because she liked the men folk. She liked the men folk. She done got around, yo. Am I helping somebody here? All right. She had a bunch of husbands, and the one she was living with right now was not a husband. She had a problem. Because she was looking for love in all the wrong places. Man, I should write a song. I just came up. Do you understand? She was trying to be completely satisfied with the thing that could not completely satisfy her. Now, I'm not clothesline preaching. I'm talking about anything from the world. If you try to find satisfaction there, I'm sorry, Brother Mick, you ain't going to find it. Listen to me now. She was going to the well and got all uptight saying, Who do you think you are talking to me? Are you kidding me? Tell me you're listening. Uh, she was enticing, trying to entice the Lord by going, Who are you doing talking to me? No, you want to go out for a drink? You don't even have a bucket. 
You can all dumb it down all you want and read through it real religiously all you want. But the girl was out playing around and was looking for her next husband, even though she was living with this guy. Hey, I've had five others. I can kick him to the curb. And I like your beard. Maybe none of you do want to read the Bible with the filter of my brain, but this is what I see when I watch it. All I can think of is this was the very first Jerry Springer episode. Can't you just see it when Jesus says to her, Go call your husband. I ain't got no husband. <laughs> yep. You've had five. Jerry, 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 Jerry. And then they all come out, you know, that, uh, right there at the well. But don't you think she was just being all prim, proper, and holy, folks? She was still talking back to him. He knew what he was doing. He was engaging back because he was trying to redirect her hunger. Huh. Jesus answered and said unto her, in verse 13, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now look at this. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw again. What she was doing was looking at this as a natural thing. If I can have some water, not have to keep coming here and drinking of this, not have to thirst, I'll be great. But Jesus was talking about something completely different. Herein is the revelation. Until we learn to start seeking Him. I mean fully. I know you're a well-taught church. I love this church. You're on fire. I, I love having to come in, not have to stir it up. We're already there. But listen to me. How many of you know we can go higher? Some of y'all can get real comfortable at the well you've been at. Now watch this. The well was meant to be a place for him to meet this woman and tell her how to hunger and thirst for that which is in heaven. He said, if you'll drink of what I have to give of you, you'll never thirst again. He was trying to exchange her constant cycle of thirsting for the things of this world for the things of God. He was trying to get her to get to a place to where you get satisfaction for a month or two or a little bit, but have all these other roads of these hurdles and all these bumps, I'm wanting to exchange that and cause you to be completely satisfied. Not that you'd never ever physically have a drink again or physically eat bread again. He was trying to show her there's a divine exchange I'm trying to take place in you right here. If you'll just learn to hunger and thirst after the right thing, you will be completely satisfied. Somebody shout amen. amen. Number one, write this down. Worship keeps you drinking from the right well. Mm -hmm. 
And you'll see here, now she comes in and says, yeah, uh, the one I'm living with, or, or uh, he said, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. She goes, yeah, you've got five, and stop playing, girl. Verse 19, the woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem, that's the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him, and God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, check this out. He was able to redirect her hunger, and then He started to actually give her the things to drink. Somebody help me. What was the first thing that He began to talk to her about? Worship. It is not the only thing that will cause you to be someone who hungers or thirsts. But it is one of the main things. If you'll learn to be a worshiper. Every person I've ever met that was a worshiper never had to be told, lift your hands. Every person I've ever met that was a worshiper never had to tell them to say, hey, say praise the Lord. True worshipers go around lifting their hands, saying, praise the Lord, and divine miracles seem to follow them everywhere they go. The problem is, is when we don't worship, we don't go after the things of God, we don't hunger, then what we do is we chase the miracle. But when I hunger and thirst after righteousness and I begin to worship Him, that's not the only way to hunger. You can pray, you can read the Word, but I'm telling you, focus on worship. You will end up having divine revelation download into you and you won't have the you chasing after the miracle. The miracle will be chasing after you. Can you say amen anyway? Secondly, worship keeps you seeking the right person. Is this helping anybody? Boy, the smoking section is tough tonight. You'd think that section would be a little happier knowing that marijuana is starting to be legalized in, in a lot of different areas. And then thirdly, worship keeps you overflowing with the right spirit. Worship keeps you drinking at the right well. Worship keeps you seeking the right person. And worship keeps you overflowing with the right spirit. Our worship team, great worship team, they have grown. My wife's done an amazing job with grooming them and Getting rid of all their husbands and stuff. <laughs> but uh, there was an instance, and if you're watching, worship team, you know I love you. This is an illustration, and you can turn it off at this time. <laughs> One just simply loves God, great guy. 
He's one of my guys I'm pouring into, mentoring. He's an awesome guy. He made a little mistake. It's so subtle how the enemy is in our lives where we don't think that this matters. And it doesn't because we want to have opinions. We want to have people share with us their thoughts. But in the spirit that it was brought in was brought to one of the other worship team members on the side. And uh, they've gotten through all of this like that. They were totally submissive and totally learned and just we moved on and man, it went higher and higher. Well, I couldn't understand. We were having an overflow service that weekend. We do a Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And all of a sudden I realized it was Sunday night. Didn't seem like it was going nearly as high as I thought it should have gone. Okay. Well, somebody over here said amen when I said hi. It's Cheech and Chong right over here. So anyway, the guy had simply just said, I don't like, I don't, I don't want to prefabricate, but he just said, oh, that song that we're, we're doing is so cheesy. Now, he wasn't being rude. He just said it in the wrong spirit and vein. So he said it to one of the singers who was like, yeah, that is cheesy. Now watch this. There was one of our singers that wasn't even there that heard all of this. But I'm showing you how the enemy loves to grab onto stuff with your voice and wants to go in and join lock arms and force. Can I borrow you and Brother Doug? Come here. I'm going to use you guys. And I want to use my buddy right there because you've done taking pictures. And you got all of them. You went through the whole roll with my wife. Thank you. I'm good, thanks. I'll tag you. So, what he did was he said, that song is cheesy. Instead of just saying it in our group meetings like we do, well, you know, and saying it in a different vein, we want to hear their opinions, and they're very creative, and that's tough. we got a lot of creative people on there, and we want to keep that developed. But all of a sudden, he said that, and he grabbed a hold, and he linked arms with, wow, easy, biggin. Anyway, he, he I just had a bicep tear. Thank you, Lord. Heal that. If you give me those shoes, the Lord said it would increase the healing. Anyway, so... (laughs) Those are sweet, brother. Uh, God, I want you to get a purse like this. I want to get a guitar like this. This is a sweet shoe. So anyway, what he did was he locked forces and said, man, that's cheesy. Now I want you just to do this. Okay. Thank you, brother. So, these two weren't even in the meeting that they had. But later, because he felt empowered with what I said, and we now had agreement, this one ended up locking arms with this one, and now they, she, she, she wasn't even there and goes, isn't that song kind of cheesy? I never thought about it. Of course you didn't, Satan. But now we got a bunch of... Now, you may be sore in the morning, but I want you to keep doing that for the illustration. 
Are you getting this? Now, he tried to lock arms with this guy, but this guy said, no. So you guys, you're doing your teeth. You're going, and he's going, no, 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 no cheese with me. All right. But look how much, all of a sudden, these are in agreement about the song. She didn't know anything that was going on. I didn't know anything that was going on. Some of the team knew, but didn't realize how much that had impacted and affected the flow of the hunger of the service. And I couldn't understand it. So I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, come on. What, 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 what could we have done differently tonight? I always do that. What could we have done differently? Is this okay? Was everything all right? Whatever. Cheech and Chong, were they blessed? You know, and, I'm a, and then I looked over and the Lord said to me, he says, there is a disunity on the team. And I said, how can that be? We're, we're very open and honest, and we, we pray with these folks. We, we love on them. We pour into them. They're awesome. But we all can yield if we're not paying attention to the wrong thing. So anyway, he's like, mm, that's, that's cheesy. Hey, let's keep spreading the cheese. No, 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 no. I only take pictures. Anyway, so... <laughs> That was awkward. <laughs> well, give these buck-tooth rats a big round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. The area that I brought up was because if the devil can get into the worship, if the devil can... Distract you in your worship time. Please don't be distracted now. Because many of you have an opportunity to leave here tonight and just throw up your hands a little bit and just worship Him before you drive off. You can get home before you get in the bed and you just lift your hands and say, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. I hunger and thirst after you. Lord, if my prosperity is really connected to my hunger and thirst, I hunger and thirst for more of you. You don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 5, I'll just give this to you real quick, and then we're going to pray for some people if you want prayer. Anybody want prayer in here? Would you point at three or four people that you know that desperately need it? All the ones that were pointing away from yourself, I want you to stand up first. Luke 5, verse 17, And it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. They came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Who's the them? The doctors. The Pharisees. The ones that came to judge. God still loves them so much, His power will be present to heal even them. That power is present to heal tonight. That same power is here tonight. 
We were ministering along these lines, and these are not all five years ago. These are all just within the last few months. A lady came into our service. She looked like she was eight months pregnant, and I didn't know if she was or wasn't. I've been told that if that's ever the case, don't ever ask if she is. Uh, I only did that one time when I was, well, twice, maybe three times, but I'm None since we've been married, right? Maybe once. Just I don't remember. But I don't do it hardly ever any, again. I was in this meeting in Colorado, and I was flowing, and I was praying. And man, word of knowledge was flowing so beautifully. And I get to this one lady who's at the pew, and you know her, her belly's over the, 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 the pew. And I just said, ma'am, can I pray for you and your unborn child? I'm starting to like the potheads now more. <laughs> you all are like, oh, and they're all like, dude. <laughs> right here, the meth section is just going like this. <laughs> so anyway, she goes, oh, honey, I'm not pregnant. And I'm right here with the mic. I'm just fat. So i got to get out of this, right? The grace is on me. The anointing is on me. And I said, well, maybe you're pregnant and don't know it. (laughs) No, I had a hysterectomy 15 years ago. (laughs) Then my wife explained to me that there's a certain age that, you know, ladies get to where they're not really. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. So... Yeah, so that happened like one time, maybe. She said, don't you ever do that again. I said, well, this lady came in, and she was about eight months pregnant-ish. And I called her out, and I said, can I pray for you? There's something going on in your midsection, huh? A lot of elderly ladies are laughing and men are laughing and middle-aged women are all going. Um, can I get my offering back? So, <laughs> I said, come here, let me pray for you. Now, this is a powerful. Talking about the power that was present to heal. I said, lift your hands. And I just was like this. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I went, Jesus. Everybody started to gasp. Her stomach started to just deflate in front of everybody. I was looking at that and I said to her, I go, She goes, Yeah, it was out here. I said, Thank you that I didn't have to say anything. I saw that deflate. Others are like, I did too. It was out here. It was like she was pregnant. Ah! Exactly what I was thinking, but I'm not allowed to say it. But she said it was like eight months pregnant because she had this disease that was causing her intestines to swell and inflame. inflame, And it just, she said all the pain left and her stomach deflated like that. Praise you, Jesus. In verse 18, and behold, a man... 
The old man brought a bed. I'm getting drunk here. And behold, man brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus, but they couldn't find a way in because it was too crowded with a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. So they had to get up on top of the roof and started tearing off the tiling of the roof. And they dropped this couch down with the uh, paralytic man in it in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, your sins are forgiven. This is something I also want to put into you. The Lord said your sins are forgiven, but he didn't say at this time you are healed. Don't want to get into all of that, but there are some things that were tied to his particular sickness. And he just simply said, your sins are forgiven. And he went from that point on, he was healed. But he perceived in the thoughts of the audience, who does this guy think he is that he can forgive sin? But see, hunger will find a way when all of hell is trying to keep you from getting up early, staying up late, reading the Word, something's going on at work, something's going on with your husband, something's going on with your wife, something's going on with your kids. Something will always be going on. But your hunger and thirst have to get to the place to where you're going to get up on top of that thing and tear a hole in the roof if you've got to to get to be with Jesus that you hunger and thirst that much that you're willing to do whatever Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, to get your filling. Somebody say it, I'm in charge of my own infilling. Well, you can tell when you guys normally close around here because people are unhooking. Stop that. That's not hunger. This is a special service. This doesn't happen every week. You can come and fly with me in tornadoes and see how you like it. You The Lord said to me on this, and we'll close. It's one thing to be paralyzed in your body. But it's far worse to be paralyzed in your spirit. People come and sit, and I know it's not you, but people do. They come and sit in services. They come and sit on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. They come in Sunday night or whatever, Wednesday night. Whenever there's a special service, they're there. But they're sitting there, and they're paralyzed. There's always that one that just comes in who's paralyzed in their body, if you will. And they get it like that because they're hungry and they're thirsty. Tonight I'm going to ask a very direct question. Are you really hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Or are you fitting in as much of the well of the world as you can and still hanging out near Jesus? 
You know I'm just trying to help you grow. I love you. I'm honored to be here. And when Pastor Mark asked me, I had no idea that there was going to be a tornado thing that was outbreaking that was going to try and keep me from being here last night. Listen, I'm here on assignment. We're not lacking for meetings. We're not lacking for places to minister. Our own church, I mean, still wants us. (laughs) Maybe not after the illustration. But (laughs) it's my interpretation. We were in a town in Missouri, a small town in Missouri here just recently. They'd never had us in before. We were ministering. It was our second night there. I was back in the pastor's study, and the worship was going on. It was just booming in there. It was live like it was in here tonight. And uh, praise God for the worship team, by the way, in here. Hallelujah. Thank God for spirit-filled, spirit-led worship. And pretty sweet lights, too. And I was coming out, and I said, Lord, I'm hungry. We just had awesome meetings the night before, and I'm like, but God, I'm hungry. I want more. You you don't understand. I used to be an alcoholic and a drug addict, and I got off of all that stuff, and now I'm doing this. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is so real. My dad was in the mafia for real. It's a true story. This is real to me. My dad left us and ran off and supposedly died in a third world country in the Dominican Republic. And and we couldn't exhume the body because he knew that the laws kept you from exhuming bodies to prove that he was dead. We It's a long story, but the bottom line is I learned who my real daddy is, my father. And I learned how to hunger and thirst after that. And I learned that I can can get more. There is no limit that God has except what I put on Him. And I'm trying my best to learn how to take the limits off. And I'm right there and I'm, le- I'm, I'm getting ready to leave the office to come out and minister. And I'm like, God, here we go again. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need everything that you... I'm nothing. You're everything. I can't do this without you. I'm calling out unto you, Holy Ghost. Come and fill me fresh again tonight. And then I felt it and I walked out just like I was doing that. Tonight I came in and I just... Ooh, it just dropped on me. Glory to God. Mm. It permeated the air like some of your all's essential oils. And when I walked out, this lady, this, uh, this sweet lady was coming and she was just frantic and crying. And I said, coming down the hall, I said, lady, what's wrong? She goes, hi, oh, uh, pastor, I can't even think straight. I just got a call. Help me out with the details. It was a, nie- a niece, I think it was. My niece in Tennessee, here we are in Missouri. The niece in Tennessee was just in a severe car accident. They, they said she's gone. They said she's a vegetable. That they, they got her all hooked up to ICU and, and they, they're, they're waiting for the family to come in. They're not even doing surgery. There's internal bleeding. There's brain injuries. There's broken bones. And uh, uh, they're coming to pick me up now. They're coming. And I said, well, to do what? Please don't think I'm being incompassionate. Change your face. I said, what is it that, that, that you're going to do by waiting here and then driving hours to Tennessee? Why don't we go in here and let's just start praising God? 
Now remember, I just cried out, I'm hungry for more. And then this came. Are you ready? The more you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the more these things are drawn to you because you can make a difference because of who's in you. So we go in there to the front, and she's still white as a ghost, just weeping. And and the pastor's wife, real awesome lady, she came up and was comforting her. And they said, what's going on? Told the story real quick. And I said, why don't we start rejoicing, come on, full circle, as if we already have the testimony. Well, you don't know how grave this situation is. Oh, yes, I do. Come forth. Rise up. Be healed. So we started rejoicing. And I stepped, what almost seemed like I stepped out of my body just for a minute. And I saw inside this dark ICU room. And I heard the beeps going and all the machines. And I looked over and I saw all the hundreds which uh, represented that the machines were basically keeping her organs fresh at 100%. Next thing I know is as I'm looking at this thing, I see a light come in from the top of her head and just began to light up the whole room and just went down her whole body. And I said what I saw. The lady leaves, who was doing a lot better. We're rejoicing and we're going crazy, thanking God that he had already healed this young girl. But, uh, you know, we're still doing it in essence by faith. But this was our testimony time. Acting like we have it now, even though we didn't have it now in in our hands. We were acting. We changed the report. Come on, when it says, whose report will you believe? You've got the the choice of making your decision, which report we're going to call it. So anyway, ten minutes later, she comes in with the pastor's wife, and they're doing this, and they interrupt the service. It was just so rude. They were right in the middle of taking pictures. And um, she came up and she was still crying, but it was different. It was peaceful. She got on the mic and she said, I just talked to my brother. Y'all don't want to hear this. There's too many people walking around. You don't care. Your diarrhea is taking over. Before You don't, you know, like, oh my God, I got to get to the toilet. We pray in Jesus' name that there's no more of a flow for you in that. Actually, as long as you're having a movement in this place, I don't care at this point. There's a move happening. She got up and said, I just got off the phone with my brother. You're not going to believe this. I'm like, don't ever tell me. They always say that you're not going to believe this. I'm like, I'm the only one believing. Stop it. She goes... They were in the room at the same time we were praying in here. And he said there was a light that began to flood the entire ICU room. And it started at her head and went down to her feet. And she sat up in bed and the doctors are checking her out now. No broken bones, no internal bleeding, no brain injury. She was pulling the wires out. She completely got up off that deathbed. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
This is why I hunger. This is why I thirst. I'm tired of hearing about what Wigglesworth did. I'm tired of hearing about John Lake. I'm tired of hearing about Catherine Kuhlman. Bless God, this is my time. This is your time. This is our generation. They were already here. They were a seed. You and I are the harvest. Come on, somebody. I'm not being sacrilegious. It's not that I don't care what they did. They inspired me so much. If Wigglesworth can raise the dead, he is a man. That means that you as a man, you as a woman, anointed under the same power of the Holy Ghost, can lay hands on the dead and call them back into their body. You can see the sick healed. You can see tumors disappear. I know I'm not going to get an amen in here, but I'm telling you, God's ready to use you right now. Somebody say, right now. Somebody say, I'm ready, I'm ready. To, be to be completely satisfied. satisfied. You've got to start drinking at the right well. Drinking from the right person. And letting that overflow with the right spirit. Bow your heads, Father, in the name of Jesus.